Shut up and sit down. holding mother nature's beer give it back to that bitch i'm tired of the weather being all stupid she's having a little bit too much fun i'm just saying it was 30 degrees yesterday and it was 70 today come on come on give that bitch her beer back she's got too much freedom of movement tonight i'm going to (laughs) Attempt to do something I've never actually done um, in front of people. Uh, because, you know, when it comes to plot drifting, um, I've done that a lot, actually, in, in, in writing groups. Not always in the format that I use on the podcast, but um, I've I've done it. I've, I've brainstormed with other authors and, and, and groups of 50 or more, to be perfectly honest. So, um, that really isn't unusual. I've... I've done it, and I'm comfortable, you know, exploring ideas um, and even saying something that might be stupid, you know, because it doesn't bother me to say a stupid thing and go, oh, God, that was stupid. Why did I say that? I don't do that. I say stupid shit all the time, and I move on. Except for, like, in the middle of the night around 3 o'clock in the morning when I can't sleep and I got a headache and maybe PMS, and I think to myself, why on earth? Did I tell that man 10 years ago, blah, 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 and I'm thinking, you know, I do that sometimes, but it isn't quite the same. Or more importantly, why didn't I cuss that motherfucker out when I had the chance? It's these missed opportunities that come back to haunt me, I have to say. I have to say. But I don't often regret the things that I do say. But when I do, it's like 3 in the morning when I can't sleep. So, anyways, <clears throat> I don't mind being on the plot drift, saying something stupid or, you know, getting it wrong or whatever because um, that's part of the process and I don't care. Uh, but this is a little different because I've, I've never done this before. Um, so, um, you can anticipate a little bit of silence in this podcast because um, I I have to think. <laughs> Oh, it's going to happen. I want to thank everybody who's um, listening to the podcast um, streaming because um, you get to hear the advertisements, which I know are probably terrible. Um, but it adds revenue to the show, and um, it keeps it free for me. So um, please keep that up. I, I really super appreciate it, those of you who don't use the ad block on the site and those of you who listen to the ads during the middle of the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um it helps things out. Uh, I do have a couple of announcements. Um, first announcement, um, I signed a print POD contract for Fall For You. Um, when I get a release date, I will let you guys know. It will be available on Amazon um, as a book you can buy and have come to your house, and you can hold it in your hand. Yay! 
I'm pretty sure it's an inducement to write more. It might happen. Um, and, um, uh, what else, what else, what else? Oh, um, I had a, a moment a few weeks ago, um, and I did something crazy in the middle of the night with, 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 um, with, with Jilly. Um, she's definitely my partner in crime in this particular endeavor. Uh, and, um, I hope to unveil it, uh, after, uh, the next, um, after April, um, when we do our mulligan, um, we're going to play with something new. Um, and um, I hope you guys will enjoy it, and it'll be a lot of fun for those who are involved, and um, it'll be really exciting. And I'm not trying to be a cock tease. I just don't really know how to talk about it yet um, and what to say about it. Uh, but um, let's just call it a, an alternative fandom environment. Let's, let's just call it that. We're going to call it an alternative fandom environment. Um <clears throat> <laughs> so yeah, it's an AFE. Um and it's um you know, the thing is is uh when you spend a lot of time as I do in, in fandom, um, you start to um look at how things are done and, and, and um I've talked a lot in the past about um uh the reader first mentality in um and fandom and why it exists and why it's there and um, how authors are often treated like second-class citizens in archives just by the very nature of, of, of how an archive is run. And um, it bothers me a lot. And I saw, I've been thinking about it, and um, I uh, it burned into me a little, and um, we're going to have an alternate fandom environment. That's just what we're going to call it for right now. But um, you guys will probably see it in May. Um, unless I get super excited and reveal it before them, but I don't think so. May's my May's my day. Um, May first, probably May second. Who knows? Depending on how things go in April and all that stuff. Um, so, but anyways, that's just what I'm, I'm thinking about and working on. And um, I did the POD thing. I told you guys about that. Um, I picked Darkling Lowell for my Mulligan in April. I, it, it wasn't my first choice. It ended up being my only choice. I'm going to just leave it at that because everything else was like, oh, God, fuck you. And so that's going to happen that way. Uh, but uh, let's get started on the um, character drift, and we're going to look at an original male character. And because of um, – speaking of original characters, I had someone email me a few months ago and asked me if I would ever write an original novel for – OCs that I have in my in my fandom work, like say Declan Frost and Sean. Um, oh my God, I forgot my Sean Taylor. I forgot my OC's name for a second. And um, the thing is, is I absolutely totally would write a novel for uh, Sean and Declan. It, I absolutely would do it because um, they're my characters, and even if I have used them in fandom, they're mine. They um, they belong to me, and um, I can put them down in an original environment, and they're they're full blown. Um, I've got deep character um, profiles for both, and it wouldn't bother me in the least. Because what what come up in the email was that I talked about how I wouldn't scrub my fan fiction for um, publication as original work, and because um, I wouldn't, I don't think that's appropriate. But that's just me. That's just my personal opinion, and that's how I feel about it. Um, but uh, 
And they asked if I would use original characters that I had created, and I absolutely would. I absolutely would, because that, that shit belongs to me. <laughs> I can do what I want with it. <laughs> Just to be perfectly honest. Um, that shit's mine. Um, <clears throat> it, you know, so, okay, original character. I'm all geared up. I have tea. I have coffee. I have popcorn. I have some fudge cookies because my bestest friend in the whole world, um, I made her a beautiful, oh, that was my other announcement. I made Lady Holder a beautiful new website. It's at ladyholder.com. Um, go check it out. It's beautimous. And I made it, and she sent me cookies. Well, I only made the outside. All that organization is hers. Because her crazy ass, like, links pictures and shit. I'm, I'm just messing with you. Anyway, she picked it out, and I put it together, and it's beautiful. And I she she sent me three packages of cookies through Amazon, and um, I've already had four, which is more than my daily allotment. I'm only supposed to have three, but I have four. I have one left. I haven't actually had the fourth one yet, but it's sitting here. It's Ernie. Because it's an EL fudge cookie, you know, so it's those little Keebler elves. It's the Ernie one. On the back it says... From the hollow tree. The other cookie I just ate said dunk the head in first, which was terrible instructions to put on the back of a cookie. Just saying. EAD went well, I think. Um, I posted all my shit. Uh, Julie had a headache, uh, but she posted hers the next day, and they're awesome. You should go check them out. Um... And let's see, everybody, um, oh, apparently she's not finished posting all hers. Are you not? Oh, okay. Well, she'll get there. Patience. Patience. Anyway, and there's a whole big list of um, EAD participants on Julie's site um, for you to look at. And, um, but uh, Ernie's talking to me, my cookies. Anyway, I got three packages in the mail and I opened it up and I went, holy shit. <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm only, you know, I have, um, I'm pre-diabetic, so I'm not allowed a whole lot of sweets. And so I kind of, to prevent myself from binging on sweets, which is something I could easily do because I love chocolate, is I try to limit, I try to give myself a little bit of treat every day so I don't get deprived and go crazy. Um, so I usually give myself two or three cookies a day, um, in, you know, of a, of a different variety. And I've got enough cookies to last me several months now. Thanks to to Lady Holder, as long as um, certain people in this house who have a penis leave my shit alone. So we'll we'll, we'll see how that goes. We'll see. We'll see. Because he does like them too. Not as much as he likes Oreos, but he does like them. He does. Um. <laughs> These cookies cause impotence. I totally would do that, but he wouldn't believe me. <sighs> Anyways, so um, because of my current environment and because I probably, um, I can't create an original character that Kira wouldn't use. Uh, that's me. <laughs> One of me. So um, I'm going to create an original male character to stick in one of my um Various fandoms. So, let's see. I write Stargate, Harry Potter, 
I've written a little bit of NCIS. I've written a little bit of Hawaii Five-O. Hmm. Um, it's really tempting to put uh, original characters in my Stargate work because I, I do that a lot. I also have um, quite a few um, characters, uh, OC characters in my heart, in my Harry Potter work because I have to fill out. Um, the world building, because when you, when you look at the world building of Harry Potter, despite all the work that J.K. Rowling did do, Harry's world is very narrow. Because um, it's told mostly from Harry's point of view, and it's a very narrow um, perspective. So there's not a lot of, I mean, you have a lot of room to to fill in the gaps when it comes to Harry Potter. Um So, yeah, I think I will do a Harry Potter character. Let's see. Okay. Which gives me a whole different set of circumstances, because if I was just going to do a character in Stargate, I wouldn't have to account for, say, uh, magical education, um, whether he's dark, light, or gray, uh, you know, what's his role in society, you know. just, just it, Those things are pretty standard, actually. But um, adding an element of... Uh, a fantasy element to the character does increase your workload as far as creating the character and, and how they fit into the world you're going to use. <clears throat> so, let's see. Um, my big old giant bowl of popcorn is on my desk and in the way of my notebook. Okay. Because, um, yes, I am using a notebook because I, I didn't want to spend the whole um, podcast um, typing in your ear. <laughs> Because I, I know how annoying that is. Sometimes I'll pick up an old pack, pop up podcast and listen to it. That It drives me nuts listening to me type. Um, or Lady Holder or Jilly, whoever's on the, uh, the thing with me. We all do it, and I, I know it's annoying. So um, I'm going to try to stop doing that as, 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 as much as I possibly can. Um, but um, I do have uh, some popcorn. So anyways, it's in my way. So... Hmm. Harry Potter. When you're creating um, an OC, normally you, um, I already have my plot in place. And I'll be like, insert OC here, task, job, you know, why I need them. Because I try not to create original characters unless they have a purpose. Um, beyond, not just filler. Because, you know, yeah, you can have filler in the background, but if you're going to actually create a whole character with a background and um, cast them in your head and, and really pay attention to, to their details, you need they, they need to have a purpose. Um, I'll do Harry Potter first, and then I'll go back and do a Stargate character as a, um, um, as a comparison. So let's do the Harry Potter character first. Um... Post or pre-war, let's do Oh no, no. Um somebody asked in the chat room something for Darkly Loyal. Um oh, I absolutely would not um 
I'm a plotter. Completely a plotter. And Darkly Loyal is 100% plotted. I just haven't written it. So I could not insert an original character into Darkly Loyal right now if my life depended on it. It would drive me to the ground to a stop and I would never finish it. It that's like a nightmare scenario <laughs> for me. I mean, you know, and maybe why well, people say that my my process is rigid and, and maybe that's true. Um but uh Yeah, my my process is pretty rigid. Um I'm not going to apologize for it because everybody has their own process and it's legitimate. Um, You need to do establish your own process and make it work for you. And what works for you might not work, won't work for me probably. And what works for me might not work for you. So it's really important that you um, develop your own process and figure out what works for you, what works best. And that way you don't have to, um, uh, Hold yourself to anybody else's standard because uh, my word count for the year is is not your goal. It's mine. So don't try to make it your goal. You know, so don't try to make my process your goal. Figure out your own process. That's got to be your goal, whether it's creating a character or plotting a story or writing a story or um, wh- whatever you do. You got to do you because trying to do me or trying to do Julie or trying to do anybody else, you're just doing yourself a, a, a disservice trying to do Stephen King. Um, not that I'm comparing myself to Stephen King. You know what I'm talking about, right? You have to figure out who you are in your process and work with you because in the end, if you try to work as somebody else, you're just setting yourself up to fail. And that kind of failure is going to be very demoralizing. Um, And it's super, super important that you don't get bogged down in in planning and never write. I know a lot of people get really deep in the process of creating characters and, and doing plots and thinking up ideas, and they get so involved in it that they never actually write. So, I used to do that. When, when I was younger, I would spend hours and hours and upon hours and hours just filling notebooks. I used to have those notebooks full of story ideas and never actually doing any writing. Now, I don't let myself do that. Uh, if I'm not in a position to write, I give myself maybe an hour, an hour and a half of any day to kind of play with ideas and, and write things down. And then either I write or I do something else. Um, so writing, when when you're when you have time to create, writing should be eighty percent of the time you spend. You should spend eighty percent of the time you are being a writer, writing, and twenty percent researching, plotting, planning, whatever you want to do. Um, but if you're not spending eighty percent of your writing time writing, you got a problem. I would say even 10% for planning and then 10% for reading because you need to read in order to write. So if you're not spending 80% of your writing time actually writing, then you need to reprioritize and figure something out because there's something wrong in your process um, and you're never going to get anything accomplished. That's just my personal opinion, but it's the right one. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, if you can't write, stop what you're doing and do something else because you're just creating a vicious circle where all you're going to do is plan and plot and world build and never actually do any fucking writing. K. 
cater to that vicious cycle. Get out of it. Go play a game. Get on YouTube. Watch Food Wishes for three hours. He's got a very soothing voice. I'm just saying. He's very soothing. Just saying. Anyways, now that I've lectured you like I'm your mama, I'm going (laughs) to... Um, I'm going to start my thing now. So uh, we're going to do the Harry Potter character first. Um, Julia d- suggested I do a character for um, the Legacy sequel. And I'm tempted. I'm really tempted. But the other part of that is is that I might reveal details of my plot that I don't want anybody to know in the advance of the Legacy being put on my website. So those of you who um, looked at my, my EAD will know that I posted the first three chapters of my James and Lily story. The legacy on EAD, um, and uh, it's the first part of a trilogy, and I don't plan to put anything else more out about it until I'm actually finished with book two, perhaps book three, uh, just because, just because. Anyways, <clears throat> we're gonna have an experience, another one, a, a, a different one. It'll be a alternate reader experience. Anyways, okay, so Harry Potter, um. Let's do No, again, I already have um both sequels for um for War Mages plotted. And once I plot something, I really have a hard time sticking anybody else or anything else in because then it starts to feel like vanity. Um because if they were going to serve a purpose, they already would. Right, because it is my shit and I do do what I want. I don't know what that eat means. Does that something inappropriate? I thought I needed. I thought that's something I shouldn't have said. Okay. <laughs> don't do me that way, girl. <laughs> Anyways, because I was rambling there for a little bit. Yeah, they are plotted out. I do have um, that old black magic is the first. Uh, <clears throat> um, and then uh. The sequel, but I have I have full plotting documents um, um, on them. The second book is called "Those Magic Changes," and the third book is called "In Magic Will Never Die." Um, so, but yeah, but let's do something um, not connected because I don't want to discuss my own plot work. So. Post, post, see, post Blood War, um, the second one. So Voldemort is dead because I'm getting tired of plotting his murder. I'm just, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm really getting tired of plotting his murder. Um, I'd like to move on from it. Why that fucker can't stay dead in my work is beyond me. <sighs> Anyways. 
the old bastard. Let's see. So, British, Irish, Scottish actor. Ooh, ooh. Colin Morgan. Hmm. Because he finally grew into his ears, bless his heart. Okay. Um. <laughs> Just insert Voldemort dies. <laughs> He did finally grow into his ears. Bless him. For a while there, I just thought his ears were always going to stick right out the side of his head. It just, it was terrible. Anyways, so Colin Morgan, um, which puts my character, uh, now, honestly, normally I don't pick an actor first, so that's, uh, that's kind of unusual for me, um. But, um. He just popped into my head because I said British. Anyways, he's Irish, actually. He's Irish. Um, so let's put the character in his 30s. He can play 30. Um, he's a half-blood. Again, this is something that wouldn't come up in a Stargate character. Um, see, he's a half-blood. I'm typecasting this poor guy. He's going to be a wizard again. Um, although I do have a plot bunny that's actually pretty funny where um, it's Lady Holder's fault because she has all those Merlin crossovers. Um, and I was thinking, wouldn't it be funny if instead of um, uh, Lockhart showing up for second year that Merlin kind of snuck in and took his place? And he teaches, um, and but he doesn't get cursed. He and, and he keeps staying there, and Dumbledore don't know what to do with him. Like we're we're in fifth year, and they still have the same DAD professor. And Dumbledore's like, "What the fuck? Why is this curse getting rid of this guy?" And he can't legitimately get rid of him because he's great and everybody loves him. But Dumbledore hates him. Dumbledore hates him because all the kids love him and think he's amazing and. Um, I think it'd be an old Merlin too. Like, 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 they're totally in competition for who is the the best dotty old wizard, and Merlin is winning. Um, so I don't know what I would call him, but it wouldn't be Merlin. Um, and anyways, and like, Minerva has a crush on him, and um, Dumbledore just doesn't know what to do with himself. And I just hope plot bunny about it, but that doesn't actually um, pertain to this at all. But that's how I that that's my process. I. Great line. I'm calling this class magical defense because I assure you I can kill you with the light arts too. <laughs> I, it's in my head. It's in my head. I have not written it, but it amuses me. So sometimes when I have an idea, I'll play with it in my head for months, even sometimes a year. Um, I've been playing with it off and on in my head for like six months and not written a single word about it. So it's just craziness. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Okay, so, so okay, I need to give this guy a character, a name um, before he literally becomes Colin Morgan in my head, and I can't change it. So, um, <laughs> Morgan Colin. <laughs> um, something, okay, so I'm going to have to do some actual typing. 
I saw, I was going to limit that. So, but I'm going to have to do some because uh, <laughs> smacks of Pimmy Palmer, Jalmer. Um, but what, uh, what often that I do when I'm getting ready to name a character is I will go look up um, baby names. And I'll, and I'll look at different names. Um, so I looked up old, because my character, the actor is Brit, um, Irish, but my my character will be British. Um, so I went and looked up old English boy names. Um, and I try to use the same site all the time, because a lot of times those sites, their their content never changes. So you don't get new stuff to play with. Um so always just kind of spread yourself out and not use one particular site all the time because you won't get um, new options. Um, oh, God, some of these names are absolutely terrible. Okay. Um, <clears throat> that's just Elwood? Really? Elwood, the ruler of the elves. Uh Mm-mm-mm. Gladstone, that's a dog. Let's see. Harlan, sounds like a really old dude living up in the mountains by himself. Let's see. Hayden, that name has been ruined. Thank you, Hayden Christensen. Let's see. Headley. Great, now the Blazing Saddles is totally in my head. Thank you. Thank you, 100babynames.com. Thank you so much. Headley. Lamar. <laughs> okay, I'm going to click on Julie's link. Okay. Let's see. Um, these are... Oh, but they don't have any definitions. I like ones that tell me exactly the origin of the name and, and what it means because they offer me um, the um, ability to um, – that's Hetty. <laughs> Great. Now it's in my head. Speaking of tell you a funny story about that. Me and my husband, I was getting um, a new phone, and I was bored, so I – I texted my husband with a line from Blazing Saddles. And he responded back with a line. And then I responded. And we kept going back and forth. And um, uh, there are some lines in um, in Blazing Saddles that taken out of context are particularly racist. Okay? So here I am. And, I'm, and the little guy behind the counter says he needs my phone because he's he needs to fix he needs to fix the thinking issue I'm having with my phone and I'm like oh shit so I hand it over to him and I'll be damned if my husband didn't in that moment text with the most heinous thing he could have possibly have said from Blazing Saddles and I looked at the phone and a little guy looked at me and he said um I said we were playing the Blazing Saddles quote game. <laughs> he said, that's a game? I said, it is for me and my husband. <laughs> I said, it's my fault. I started it. <laughs> he said, what did you start it with? And I said, where are the white women at? <laughs> Which is particularly funny because um, 
a white woman. Anyway, it amused me. So that's, that's what I started with. Um, and anyways, it was terrible. And he thought, but he thought it was really funny, and he didn't get upset, which was fortunate. Um, really, really bad. <laughs> anyways, um, okay. Uh, I don't want a female name, obviously. Hmm, I like Killian. It has a lot of. I don't even know how to say that one. Um, can we get the idea that these people just say, okay, I'm going to call you M. Imish. <laughs> that becomes their name. Okay. Lancelot. Marlo. Osmond. Pollock. Who would name their kid Pollock? Ruford sounds particularly old and crotchety. Sheldon, that reminds me. Um, <clears throat> Sheldon, for those of you who have seen Rogue One and those of you who have seen Big Bang Theory will get this. Today I watched Rogue One for the first time and about halfway through it I started calling K2 Sheldon Bot. In my head. I don't... It, that's just... <laughs> it, just it, it was... It's stuck there now. Sheldon bought. I really enjoyed Rogue One. It was good. Um, Some of these are like more like last names than than first name. Oh look, that's the site I got Zale from. I wonder where that came from. Let's see. Um I'm gonna pick his last name from this site right here though. Um let's make his last name Whitfield. Anytime I see a W name, I automatically can think of Willoughby. It's really unfortunate. <laughs> Names are only important uh really um when it comes to um a central character, someone you're gonna spend a lot of time with. And if it's important that they have a name that um has real meaning. I had heard that about K two in the voice of being Alan, the guy from Firefly. But still, he ended up being um, Sheldon Bot. Because if you've ever seen Rogue One and you've ever watched Big Bang Theory, you know exactly you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, hmm. 
sorry. I'm I'm out of my coffee. And yes, I was drinking it with a straw because it wasn't hot coffee. It was cold coffee. <sighs> How terrible. I like Bray. I like Br- Brett's nice. Brett. But Brett sounds like a jerk. I can't use Burke because I've already used Burke somewhere else. Um... Delwyn. Why is that familiar, Delwyn? Oh, God. Throw Mama from the train. Throw Mama from the train. No, no, no. No, Delwyn. Um... Sometimes you look at a name, you think, well, that dude's never getting laid. And <laughs> if it's important that your character get laid, you don't want to give them a terrible name. Because um, they they just won't get laid. Because you'll just know that they, they don't get laid at all. Um, okay. Oh, I like Selwyn. I like that. And you're right, it is a certain of, of a pure blood family. Um, Chester. Hey, Chester's never getting laid. Chester is never getting laid. Um I like Asa. 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 Um See I'm probably putting too much effort into this. Um, I'm serious about Chester never getting laid. Chester is never getting laid. Um, <clears throat> at least if I write him, bless his heart. I have an Aiden. I have an Aiden. OC. No, I don't. He's on no C. That's Aiden Ford. <laughs> if I wrote him, he would have had a much better ending. Um, let's see. Oh, I'm going to go with Jude because I like Jude Law. So, Jude Whitfield. He's in his 30s. Um, he's a half-blood. What's he do? What's he do? What's he do? Where was he during the war? Um, how did he grow up? Where do you go to school? How is he sorted? Okay, so let's say he's sorted in Ravenclaw. And graduated in 1992. So he had one year at Hogwarts while Harry Potter was there. Um, let's see. So... Let's make him an unspeakable for fun.
see, marital status. Unmarried. One child. Okay. Is his spouse... Did he get married at all? Is the kid illegitimate? Is the... Hmm. Let's make it an adopted child. I imagine there were plenty of child's children to adopt after the war. Adopted one child. Let's see. Um... What color are Colin Morgan's eyes, somebody? Let's see. Is his hair black or brown? We're going to go black hair. Because I've already picked the actor to play the part in my head, what I would do is I would go look up all of his um, statistics and write that down in my character profile. That way, in case I need it later, I won't have to look it up again. Um, Like his height, his weight... Julie's saying he's six foot one. Um, he's got a slim build. He's sli- he's he's on the he's on the slim side. And these are important things that when you're talking about your character moving in a scene, um, are they graceful? Are they kind of clumsy? Are they awkward in their body? At six one, is he is he comfortable in his height? Is he you know someone who can walk into the room and um, be comfortable being taller than a lot of other people in the room because at six one that's not that that's above average um, height for men and women actually uh, so uh, sometimes being tall can be okay they're saying he's thirty one but. He can play 30s, so you can have your character range from, say, 30 to 37 pretty easily, because, um... <laughs> when it comes to body hair, he makes those decisions. Uh, he's not as bad as, um... Daniel Radcliffe, bless his heart. <sighs> okay, <clears throat> so... He has adopted one child. The child could be from a sibling or it just could be from a friend who he lost during the war. He's an unspeakable. He is in his 30s. Let's uh, see. If Well, now if he graduated in 1992, the war ended in 98. Let's say this is 2001. So... Math, math, math. Let's see, he was 17 in 1992. Plus, like, what, eight years? I need to change the year he graduated from uh, Hogwarts. Let's um, take him down to, let's see... If in 2001 he is 30, he was born in 71.
which means he started Hogwarts in 1982 plus 7 he's a class of 1989 okay let's see this is something that you need to think about when you're when you're building your character how old you want them to be how they're placed in their environment um what what you're going to want them to do um, and all those things, and be prepared to change that to match um, what you need for your story. So once you create a character, they they can't be concrete. They they have to be fluid, so you can move them around your plot and make them work for you because they're a tool, um, <clears throat> and they have to work for you. So okay, <clears throat> let's look at his character. He is. I'm gonna go with. Normally, I like to write really brash, kind of smart-ass characters. Um, but you can't. But not, not everybody can be that way. So let's make him reserved. And he's quiet, but smart because he was a Ravenclaw. He would have been, I think, with Bill. Or maybe Charlie. Hmm. <laughs> He's career minded. And the planner. When did the twins start Hogwarts? They were in third year in 1991, so 1990 was the second year, 1989 was their first year. So he'd have been gone in May of that year, so he wouldn't have known the twins. Hmm, 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 hmm. This is only highlighting my inability to do math in my head, by the way. So he was in school with Charlie and Bill. Put down that he knows Bill. He would know Charlie and Percy, but he would know Bill the best because they were in the same class. Okay. 
I kind of want him to hate the Weasleys, though. I, I kind of want him to just loathe them um, for reasons, because I do. Um, <clears throat> maybe not Bill, but... <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I'm making unfond of Molly and Arthur, actually. Well, you know, really, honestly, Molly's a terrible person. I mean, she genuinely is a terrible person. When you when you think about how she treated Floor, I mean, she's just terrible. Is that really how you treat the woman that your son loves? No. She's an asshole. Or he overheard something. You're right, yeah. But anyway, he don't like Arthur or Molly. She if she, she definitely would be a monster in law with a wand. I would not want to be involved in that in any situation. Okay. So he's an unspeakable. I think he's going to be Harry's trainer in the unspeakables. Train Harry. Okay, so I've talked about his basic personality. He's reserved. Let's make him a gray wizard, which would not sit well with Molly, who likes to pretend she's light. Let's see. Let's see. Um, bad habits. Because we all have them. I tend to give female characters my own bad habits. I don't know why. And I also tend to give Harry Daniel Radcliffe's bad habit, which is smoking. Um, oh, yeah, he did. Uh, let's see. Let's say he's just um, has an unforgiving nature, which is probably why he's carrying a grudge against Molly and Arthur so many years later. Unforgiving nature. Flexible moral code. Maybe a foul temper, but he has a long fuse. Parents are dead. The 
these sound like arbitrary decisions, but they're not because already kind of in the back of my mind, I'm I'm picturing him moving around and and what he's going to be doing and and how he's going to talk and um the the rhythm of his voice and just of uh, of his words as he speaks and so it's it's all, all kind of turning around in the background there and um how he holds himself and um it's all really there in the back of my mind and I can't really explain it any better than that but it, that's just the way my brain works when I create a character so I'm really curious as to see how um Jillian and Elder do it uh <clears throat> his parents are dead no personal relationship Um, I'd say his do- his adopted child is female because I always tend to write boys. Um, so what's his purpose? What's his purpose beyond training? Training Harry. I'll figure that out in the short that I write. Let's see. But I think he's going to be a catalyst for more um, change. Now, if he were a main character, if I was going to make him, say, for instance, a love interest for for Harry, um, I would have to spend a lot more time with him. Um I would have to to really you know kind of dig in and figure out what's going to um, motivate him, uh, what his um, his goals, his conflicts, and his motivations are uh, as he moves through the plot. So it becomes um, it's imperative to to know those things as a main character. But with a side character, um, you need motivations. Um, their goals are secondary unless their goals conflict with your main character. And then they stop just being a side character and become a villain, which is an entirely different set of circumstances for a character. Because creating a villain isn't like creating just a, just a side character like this character is. Um, because you don't really need to know their goals. Um, but, but motivations are good because it, because it, it helps you structure their dialogue. Um, and the thing about having um, an OC do, you know, become a catalyst in your story is that you don't have to worry about, especially in fandom, you don't have to worry about explaining um, them moving out of character, uh, which we all get accused of now and again. Um, <clears throat> but the thing is, is he could d- discover that Harry's being manipulated um, magically or through potion and resolve to help him, not because he wants to help Harry, but because he wants to ruin Molly's life, <laughs> which is more important to him than helping Harry. <laughs> so, and that would be his motivation if that was what he was doing in the story and not that um 
and helping Harry would be more of a side effect of him getting one over on Molly Weasley. Does that make him any less um, a good guy? Yes, absolutely, and that's the point because you're you want your character to be um, three dimensional and have um, uh, good parts and bad parts. You know, shades of no, I can't even say it. How? It ruined a whole phrase. It ruined a whole phrase. Don't get me started. Oh, God. Yes, he has to have facets, layers like an onion. He has to be like Shrek. He has to have layers. Um, And that helps you create a a character that not only stands out on the page, but is... um, Memorable, <clears throat> especially with an OC and a ca- and a cast full of characters that are um, that you uh, that everybody knows really really well w- when you're reading in fandom. Um, well, maybe he was maybe he was in love with with Charlie Weasley and um, she interfered and. He didn't find out later um, that she had manipulated Charlie through magic or or potions to break up with him, and then it was, you know, Charlie was gone, and all he had left was, you know, just revenging himself on Molly. And maybe he sets out to seduce Harry. To ruin Molly's plans for the boy who lived. That has a lot of appeal. That amuses me. <laughs> you see? You know, and then suddenly he's a main character. I have to do more work. Um <laughs> uh, uh. Anyways, once you have your character, um, and I normally, like I said, when I'm when I'm making an OC, it's usually because I've plotted something in my work that requires an alternate character, and I've created um, a spot for that person, and then I go back and create the character after the fact. Like when I created Kevin Jordan for Ties That Bind, I put in my plot. Asshole Dom, and that's how he was referred to until I actually created the character. Asshole Dom does this. Asshole Dom does that. And it got to the point where I actually, at one point during the writing, actually called him Asshole Dom, Kevin Jordan. I had to do a mass find and replace to make sure I got them all. And do you know how difficult it is to look through ties that bind for the word asshole and not correct the wrong one? (laughs) I'm just saying... I apparently use that word quite a lot <laughs> in a lot of different ways, <laughs> in a variety of ways. Hmm. Anyway, where's my stupid module? Okay, fifty-eight minutes. Okay. 
Um, son of a bitch. Okay. Oh. Uh, so, that is one kind of OC. And once you have their motivations uh, in, in place, you can figure out how they fit in your story. If you're create, if you're if you're creating them first, uh, which is important if you're working on an original idea. A lot of times, when I have an original idea, um, I'll plot my main character out first. I'll figure him out, and then plot around him. Um, but when it comes to fandom, I usually do the plotting first, and then I insert um, any OCs that I have um, with just. Um, sometimes I have a name for them, sometimes I have a nickname for them, and then I, you know, draw them out later um, after I finish my main plot work. Because um, it's not really important what their name is and what their background is. It's their actions that matter in my plot. And um, also, they end up getting their motivations during my plot phrase, too. And then when it comes to creating the character, after the fact, it's really super easy. <clears throat> and that way you don't get bogged down in the details of creating a character um, that you really don't use that much. And, and you'll know, you know, after you get finished with plotting, if you're a plotter, uh, you will know how much you need that original character um, and how much information you need about them. And then you can structure your character profile around your needs, around your plot needs. Instead of spending, I don't know, five or six hours creating a character that you use once for five minutes in one scene. And, you know what I mean? So um, I like to do it that way because that way it creates a situation where you aren't um, doing more work than you need to do for a character. And also, when it, when it comes to an OC, if um, you're, you're going to use the character later on in a sequel, um, you want to keep the details in your first appearance um, minimal. That way, if he shows up later and you need him to do something else or be something more, you, you'll have room to build your character. You'll have room to expand him or her in a way that fits with the sequel of the work. And you're not kind of locked down into details that you created for your other work when those details really didn't matter, but you put them in anyway. So I hope that makes sense. Does that make sense? I hope so. So <clears throat> that's character one. Character two. Let's do an SGA. <laughs> okay. So I did original male characters on this. Let's see. Male. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to give myself a little plot first. Uh, I'm also giving John a kid. So how about I give Rodney a kid instead? Great. Now I've got baby Jesus stuck in my head. Some of you get that, and some of you don't. That's okay. Um, <clears throat> Baby Jesus underwears. underwears. 
in my head. Anyways, okay. No, 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 no. No. I'm thinking like, okay. Considering it's sci-fi, is there a mother? I was thinking maybe this kid's on Earth, and McKay gets called back to Earth. Um, how old was McKay when he went to Atlantis? Did anybody ever figure that out? I usually put them in their th- early 30s. Julie's saying he's 36. Okay. Okay, that works. I'm going to do something I hate to read. But write a lot, apparently. <laughs> I'm going to do a secret baby. Um, okay, so let's say he fathered this kid in college. Or shortly after college, depending on when he got into college, because he's super smart. So I've already got an alien gift baby, um, although it wasn't grateful alien gift baby it was an accidental we're going to sacrifice this alien gift baby um but still um uh let's say that he fathered this kid when he was 21 no no because that would put the kid way too old um Um, it's on my EAD. It's called The Gift, and it's um, an, a, an, uh, a device that spits out a baby, and it's John and Rodney's together, and there's an issue. <laughs> and it's on the, EA, um, the, the, the EAD community. Um, anyways, yeah, that's my secret, that's my not-so-secret alien baby. Um, I want the kid to be about 14. 15, 15, when he comes, when when Rodney meets him. So he would be, um, so if they, say it's year three of the, no, let's go into the Jennifer Keller relationship. Let's say it's year five. So Rodney is um, <clears throat> 41 and the kid is 15. So Rodney was in his mid-twenties when he fathered this kid. 26 when he fathered. Hmm. 
Okay, so... <laughs> Let's start with the kid. He's 15. I say he has Rodney's eyes because, hello. Um, blonde hair. No, no. No, you're not a kid genius. I'm thinking the average gong asshole kid who immediately thinks that John Shepard is the best thing that ever lived. Because <laughs> that really amuses me. Who like loves John and actively tries to sabotage um, Rodney's relationship with Keller. Is fifteen too old? Maybe fifteen is too old because then he doesn't get away with a lot when he's fifteen. So let's take him down to twelve because that's a little more precocious and a little more. Um, Less adult. I don't want to get into that whole thing, you know, because, yeah, let's 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 make him twelve, because older than you get into um, a different set of hormone circumstances, and I wouldn't want there to be the implication that he has that kind of crush on John, because that would be weird and creepy, and I don't want to do that. Um, I much more prefer like a hero worship situation rather than oh that guy's hot thing. Um, yeah, and you're right. Twelve-year-olds are evil. Um, I've got several in my family, and they're all evil. Um, <laughs> then you would know from evil, wouldn't you, Melissa, who has two in her house? Okay. Um, let's go uh, personality type. Uh, a little devious. A little sulky, sarcastic because hello, he's he's Rodney's kid, so there's no way he's not sarcastic. Um, cute kid, who is that? Yeah, let's go with that. Freddie Highmore. So, that's the actor. What's his name?
Okay. Sorry for my popcorn um, crunching in your ear, dudes. Well, if Rodney was in his, he would have been 23 when he fathered this kid. Um, <clears throat> Why? Twenty-nine. He was twenty-nine when he fathered this kid. So, I really don't want to give him a Russian mother. Well, he'd have been at Area 51 for a long time after Siberia. Um, if he was 36 when he went on the expedition, <clears throat> this kid's already seven years old. So, and if they were still at Area 51 together, he would know about the kid. <laughs> I like the idea that she wasn't a scientist. That, of course, if you ever if you've ever looked up Area Fifty One, and specifically Rachel, Nevada you would know that he didn't meet anybody local. Do you know the closest restaurant, the actual closest steak restaurant to Rachel, Nevada is 50 miles away? I'm not kidding. There's no gas in Rachel, Nevada. Did you know that? There's no gas stations. There's like this weird trailer hotel and the diner and some alien shops and then Vegas. I mean, it's like ridiculous. There is nothing there. I went on Google Maps. That was the damnest thing I've ever seen. You'd think there'd be more there. It's ridiculous. Just craziness. Anyways, put this popcorn up before I eat more than I'm supposed to. Oh, I'm going to have to eat a little more. It won't fit in my lid. Okay. Um,. Let's see.
Yeah, the super secret, no longer a secret base, yeah. It's been a while since that was a secret. I'm just saying. But no gas stations? Come on, that is ridiculous. Where are the alien conspiracists supposed to get their gas? <laughs> Come on now. Okay, so, okay, he's, um... Oh, you know what? No. He's not a secret. Rodney donated to a friend. Like maybe um, a lesbian couple and never planned on being a father. But then suddenly he has to deal with his kid. That way I don't have to do my least favorite trope that I keep writing anyway. Secret babies. Okay. Okay. Or maybe just a couple. It doesn't have to be a lesbian couple. It just depends. I just have this whole little... Um, thing in my head where, uh, and this is all Edie's fault, where she asked in the chat room if there was a turkey baster involved. I could just see Jennifer having a big fit about him being um, donating in a cup to make it to make a kid that wasn't even he, that, that he wasn't even going to get to see, and then Rodney like blurting out, "Well, actually, um, I went to bed with them both." And <laughs> so the conception was completely natural. <laughs> <laughs> and y'all be like, well, well, wait, you had a threesome with two women and you never told me about it. That's like totally in my head now. <laughs> oh, that's even better, a man and a woman. <laughs> she girl lose her shit. Um it is a violation of the bro code not to share a threesome story, I think. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not a bro, so I would think, and that's how John finds out. See, I've already got this shit. You guys, really, you guys, I wasn't intended on writing a big thing. Thank you. Um, yeah, I can definitely see Keller losing her shit over that. Okay, so I'm going to put donated in quotes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wonder how that's going to get pregnant. <laughs> Several very pleasurable months. <laughs> I could just see Rodney saying that. I'll have you know I spent several pleasurable months making that kid. All in my head now. Thanks, 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 you guys. Thanks a lot. Um. 
cows are filthy. <laughs> no, I only want one kid. Um, don't don't go giving us your twins, Melissa. We don't want any part of your twins. I'm sure they'll be great when they're grown. Um. Okay, so um. In order for Rodney to end up with this kid, I'm going to have to kill his parents, which is terrible. Um, or, or not. Oh, I had a, a really good idea. Um, since the kid isn't a secret, maybe he knows about McKay. Um, maybe his parents are, um, such a, I don't know. He's in, see, Rodney is in San Francisco when the show ends. Maybe he reaches out, you know, to say hi to them and, you know, talk to the kid and, um, Tempting to kill the kid, not the kid, the parents, and make Rodney deal with the kid. You know, like full scale deal with the kid when 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 he's never had to do it before, and he's not really good with kids either, as a rule. Um, and here's this little asshole kid who um, doesn't like his girlfriend. Uh, I think that I think that the kid would know. Um, Absolutely, because um, if I open it up that way, um, Rodney might not be a parent to this kid, but I think he would kind of kind of keep track of the kid and, and what's going on, um, even if he's never mentioned him. And I wouldn't. I mean, that's nobody's business but theirs that he. <laughs> so, do I kill the parents? Do I kill the parents? I feel like a Disney movie. I don't think they ever even ask about it. 
if they even question whether or not they should kill the parents in a Disney movie, oh yeah, we should definitely kill the parents in the Disney. Yeah, we got we gotta kill the parents. I like the idea, Edie. That way I can decide later whether or not they're dead when I'm plotting. That they disappeared. Um... <laughs> Edra, that's great. <laughs> she would not handle that well at all. So maybe the friends got divorced. Um, every opportunity I have to make Jennifer Keller miserable, I would indulge in. Every opportunity. Um I need to name the kid. So this is about, this is about creating a character, not a plot. But the plot is already in my head. Just know that that's there. Um, let's see. Um, Colin Morgan. <laughs> oh, Colin. His name is Colin. His name is Colin. Okay. Um, Let's make his middle name McKay. Mm. I need a last name. I want to name his mom to what to name his mom. Oh, oh gosh. Maybe his mom's the new CMO because the SGC replaced her, replaced Keller for performance reasons. (laughs) Now I'm just all immensely pleased with myself because not only did she have to deal with Rodney's supposed ex and the kid she didn't know about, the bitch has got her job. 
So, now I need a, now I need a name for her and a last name. Let's do... I like the idea of her being in charge, like just coming in automatically, um, assuming control and bossing Keller around and making her life miserable. Let's see. Last name Kendrick. Colin McKay Kendrick. Oh, I like Addie. I like Addie. I like Addie. So Addie Kendrick and her son Colin. Doctor. There we go. Okay, so Colin has his father's eyes and brown hair. Someone figure out what what Addie's going to look like. Maybe Addison. Addison Kendrick, but Addie for short. Um... I think that both his mom and Colin are ATA positive. Well, the kid has brown hair. She'd be in her 30s, 40s. She'd be around Rodney's age, so. <laughs> Rachel Adams. Look at Adams. That's awesome. Boo, you whore. <laughs> That's perfect. So is she too old? I mean, I mean, too young? Oh, she can be a young 40. That'll even be better. Yeah, that's working it. That is working it. Rachel McAdams, um, she was in The Notebook. She's also a Mean Girls, which is where that boo you whore comes from. Um, That's time I got left.
No, I haven't seen Doctor Strange either. Okay, let's see. So let's say the um the divorce was really bitter and um her ex husband uh was a real asshole. Uh that way it kind of gets him out of the picture. I don't have to worry about him too much. Um, that gives um, the kids some room to be a little resentful um, and kind of an asshole about it. No, I just think maybe that um, in a bid not to pay child support, he pointed out that the kid wasn't actually his. I do like the idea of it being a male and female couple because that way it reveals, like Jilly said, that Rodney's by to John, and John didn't know that before. I like the idea that he's just, you know, not that interested in science. <laughs> he just thinks it's boring. <laughs> and then maybe he follows around an anthropologist on the city <laughs> and has a crush on Taylor. <laughs> Maybe he hangs out with Ronan a lot or Botany. <laughs> He's all up in the Botany department. <laughs> Rodney catches him planting stuff with David Parrish. Psychology. <laughs> That's hilarious. I like the idea of him just Rodney continu- continuously finding him on the city, like in botany, um, uh, or like, like yeah, meditating with Taylor, uh, running or working out with Ronan, just doing anything but science, doing everything he can to avoid anything to do with science. Hard science, that is. <laughs> Taking flying lessons from John, <laughs> refusing to go to Rodney's lab <laughs> like his life depends on it.
it would be really great if Doctor if if Daniel Jackson was his favorite. I have everybody on the city. Daniel Jackson was his favorite because it reminds me of that scene when when Daniel comes to Stargate to, to Atlantis, and when they get kidnapped by the Feral Asgard, and um, <laughs> Michael Shanks comes to the gate and says, "Hey, Rodney!" Like he's super excited. Everybody looks at him like his world is over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting that down that Dr. Jackson is his favorite. I think he's going to save all of his hate for Keller. <laughs> Just like all of it. <laughs> there are several men on TV I would like to give a haircut and look at, on the character of Kavanaugh is one of them. Um, Danny from Hawaii Five-0 is another. And for fuck's sakes, Lisa Weapon, will you cut Riggs's hair? I'm serious. Cut that man's hair. For fuck's sake. It's killing me. Killing me. Okay. Um... I'm sorry, but if anybody on TV needs a haircut, it is Riggs on Lisa Weapon. Ha! <laughs> it's like just chat room censored your link. Especially like when he did get his hair cut and um, Hotchner asked him if he joined a boy band. <laughs> and Reed didn't even like know what that meant. idea of um, Rodney being really invested in wanting the kid to like him and he doesn't think the kid does um, because he never wants to spend any time with the kid but um, the first time something um, happens uh, that the first person that Colin wants is his dad you know just like boom right there you know I think that's like you know it's a really good um, way to move their relationship
It would have been great if Spencer actually said, yes, as a matter of fact, I did. <laughs> We're going to meet on every other Saturday to practice. <laughs> I'll let you know my schedule. Because <laughs> I might have to miss some work. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good idea, actually, that having Keller cause an incident just because she's just an unethical asshole um, that puts um, maybe Colin and Addison at risk. And um, she expects Rodney to comfort her, and he doesn't at all. So that's done. And I have too many plot bunnies. I knew I shouldn't have done this. I've got like three plot bunnies now because of this crap. I'm going to like 10 minutes of the show left. I think this is like the only show I've ever done by myself. Probably not. Maybe. Uh, especially when this long, anyway. Because normally I have to have somebody to talk to, um, or I don't stay on task. I don't know. Maybe, maybe some of the smaller ones, maybe the short and drunks, I've, I've done by myself. But the two-hour one, I don't think so. <laughs> squirrels. I don't really like squirrels or fat chipmunks, for that matter. Um, I was actually working on the Shield Maiden of Erebor today, and um, <sighs> something was wrong with the way my chapters were set up, and I couldn't figure out. And I realized that I'm missing like 3,000 words that I wrote that I can't find anywhere. So I've been looking, and I think that they're probably on my USB drive, which I need to get out of my purse. Um, I'm like, that's not where I stopped writing. So, no, no, this isn't, no, no, this is something, this is something that I wrote about three weeks ago, um, and it's not in the main file, and I'm like, where the hell did I put it? And I think that it was either on my tablet, or I put it on, um, I didn't have an internet connection, so I had um, saved it to either my laptop hard drive or a USB key, and I never transferred it um, onto my Google Drive, where I keep all my writing now. Anyway, it was kind of, I was like, that, I have more of that than I thought. Uh, just something's missing. Because, <laughs> you know, and I thought, man, maybe I didn't write it. Maybe I just thought about it. Because sometimes I'll write in my head, 
and um, then forget that I wrote it in my head and think I have it on, you know, I've actually written it and I haven't. So, um, but I am like 100% certain that I have written at least 3,000 more words than I've got currently sitting on my hard drive. So, um, the words are missing. The words are totally missing. I don't know where they are. I have a good idea where they are, actually. Um, but it was um, just um, an expansion of um, the time between um, their travel time. And I don't know where it is. It's really annoying. Oh, you know, I actually had a problem with syncing on my Google Drive about three weeks ago where um, I had um, moved a lot of stuff on my laptop and di- I didn't realize it was not syncing it pro- properly, properly, appropriately, or properly um, to to Google. And so when I came home, like I was missing like three folders full of documents. I'm talking like 20 or 30 documents was just gone. And then I realized it hadn't synced completely. So I ended up going back to my laptop and um, plugging it back in and turning it back on. And da, 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 and then finally it sunk up, but it was terrible. It was really upsetting. But Google is the most reliable thinking service that I have. I have a, I have a OneDrive, I have a um, a Dropbox, and I have a Google. And honestly, um, OneDrive sucks. OneDrive sucks so much ass. I, I can't even. I mean, it is really sucky. And Dropbox. It, can be clunky unless you have the app on your computer and you can just drag and drop in into the folder. But I, I do the same thing with Google. So for me, Dropbox and Google are almost the same. It's just that Google syncs a little bit better than Dropbox. But um, if you have the app for Dropbox, it works just like the Google app on your computer, and it's nice. It's very nice. I can just drag and drop into the folder, and it automatically syncs to the to the website and it's really cool <clears throat> and then that's how I share folders with Lady Holder um, that, we'll, that we'll have a folder we share and then I can just drop stuff into it um, for her and she can do the same for me and then um, it'll be there whenever I want it or want to look at it or whatever or yeah and she drops stuff in but um and we do beta that way too. And it can be really, really, really convenient uh, to share folders that way with, with people. So for that reason, I think Google is a little easier to use than Dropbox because um, especially if you have a Gmail account already, it's just super easy to use. Uh, but Dropbox, you know, it has good features as far as checking out documents if you're using a business version of it, which I'm not currently, um, cause that's super expensive. Um, Dropbox doesn't have as much space as the free version of Google. I think you get like 15 gig on the free version of Google, where you only get four or five gig on Dropbox. Um, uh, but so yeah, and that's the that that that's the big difference for me because I'm already I'm already back up seven gig to Google Drive. So um, and then I keep a a bigger um, solid state drive of my 
back up in my fire safe, but because uh, I'm not losing any more shit. Knock on wood. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so uh, if you're thinking about a syncing service, I definitely recommend Google. Uh, but and don't don't give anything to OneDrive because you won't get it back. They suck. It's suckage. OneDrive is suckage. Dropbox would be my second choice, but Google is my first because of the the amount of space you get. Because 15 gig is a lot of space to get for free, and um, and even if you have to upgrade, it's really not that expensive compared. Right, you can go to 100 gig for two for two dollars a month, um, but 100 gig I, they don't only think they offer 100 gig on um, Dropbox, but their packages are not cheap. Not cheap at all. So. Yeah, okay. So Julie says you can get um, 100 gig for $20 a year, which is, that's excellent. That's more than enough room for you if you're a writer. Um, and um, so highly recommended. Anyway, but if but if you are using Google with your tablet and your um your computer um or your laptop and your your, your main computer if you're um device poor like me <laughs> That was sarcasm. Just make sure that your devices sync up completely before you turn them off. Otherwise, you'll get a like ah freak out. But I do think that Google is the most economical choice, and with the um, with the download um, a bit when, that you can download an app to your phone, you can download an app to your tablet, um, to your computer, and it's very reliable. And you can have your documents on the phone if you need them, um, and it's just really really fun. I, I really it's my it's my go-to choice for thinking anyways you guys have a great evening and um i may or may not do a show tomorrow depending on how i feel i'm currently um experiencing satan's waterfall we'll we'll just see how that goes you guys have a great night and i'll catch you later <laughs>